one size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes, flat, rounded, textured or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rustoleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rustoleum. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. The following is a presentation of the Force Center podcast feed. From the center of the galaxy, this is the Force Center podcast feed, and this episode is Cues of the Force. Quails. No, now I'm just saying every cue word there is. It's questions of the force. You send us questions and we are excited to have answers of a kind. My name is Joseph Scrimshaw. I'm Ken Napsock and I've always hoped that this was Qbert and Qbert is a force sensitive <laughs> creature for you 80s video game fans. 
I really want us to just layer in the sounds of Qbert hopping uh, <laughs> for the entire podcast and just <laughs> as a sanity test. Uh, cruel, cruel. We don't actually want that. Anyway, we want you to enjoy Questions of the Forest as much as we enjoy recording it. We want to let you know, as always, that today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash center. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. We are recommending <laughs> Padawan by Kirsten White. We were going to review it this week, but then more life happened. We are going to be discussing it very soon. Uh, if you've already read the book, that is wonderful. If you want to listen to it and have it all in your mind before we discuss it, you can download your free audiobook today by going to audibletrial.com slash center. One more time, that's audibletrial.com slash center for a free audiobook. We're also uh, featuring uh, a new segment that we haven't quite figured out the name for. Uh, right now, I have the very uh, boring name, Ask. Uh, we want to be good about asking <laughs> directly for specific help and putting it at the top of the podcast so people have a, a chance to hear it. Uh, Ken, do you want to share our current ask? Yes, I do. Our current dun 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 ask is uh, we are building out our YouTube channel. Finally, yes, I know. Finally, after all these years, we've been rebroadcasting podcast stuff. There's other things up there, the MMORM videos and Force Center Extras. Our great uh, databank uh, brawl uh, animated version uh, of, of, a, of a show that Brian Ward did for us. It's all there, but more things are coming. And to help us grow, we're asking that you go over there and maybe consider subscribing. We're trying to reach a goal of 6,500 subscribers and we're getting close. And then from there, we'll build out more and more and more. But we just want to ask you to maybe consider going over there. Even if you don't spend a lot of time on YouTube, just want to support the show, support the brand. Go ahead, give us a subscription. Uh, go ahead and hit that bell so you never miss an episode, especially those live Q&As that we love doing so much. So uh, that is our our humble four-center ask for the day. That's right. Hit that bell. Ding, ding, ding. Like Qbert jumping up a pyramid. It's all about Qbert today. Anyway, we're going to get on to your questions of the force, not Qberts of the force. We have two questions uh, on Twitter and two questions from our patrons on Patreon. We go first to Twitter. Uh, and Jacob, Jacob says, in Tales of the Jedi, do you think Yaddle had any chance of turning Dooku back to the light? And if she had, would the two of them been able to defeat Darth Sidious together? Oh, I love this, Ken. This is an emotional question, and it's a could they have kicked the evil space wizard's butt? question uh love tales of the jedi love the dooku part of it i know you do too ken so i'm really excited to discuss this so let's start with the first question do you think yaddle had any chance of turning dooku back to the light how do you feel ken absolutely next question no um <laughs> absolutely absolutely uh her empathy for him and, and just this understanding of and, and and you know for what he was saying uh, what he had experienced, what he was going through was, was uh, the weapon to turn him, if you will. Uh, I just think it was way too late, not necessarily from her, mm. but from the Jedi overall. I think when you're examining the Jedi in this time period and what a lot of what these um, three Dooku episodes are doing, there's a lot there. We discussed them. Check out our review. This might be a little general sweep through the themes. But the Jedi Order has this. It's rigid, right? We know this. So that's part of the Star Wars discourse uh, when you talk about the Jedi uh, for a while now. It's what Lucas was saying. But when you aren't allowed to openly discuss some of these doubts, you aren't given a chance to maybe explain yourself and explore your own position, the rot can fester. As opposed to having an understanding, having a better way forward. But that can go both ways. That's the that's where the order is suffering. 
that's where you and I talked about those rules. And I gave that Excel example of I, I only cross streets at traffic lights. Um, but if someone on the other side of the street needs my help and I wait to go to the traffic light, the rule is hurting me and them. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I think that's where the Jedi order is to boil it down as simple as possible. But Yaddle had that, what she was saying at the end, you were right. It was a little bit of a, to a, a mission of guilt for the order of a little bit of, of, yes, the stuff you were saying was there, but it was allowed to, 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 to fester in Dooku. And this all makes it a lot easier to believe someone. I'm talking from Dooku's perspective. It's a lot easier to believe someone when they say, oh, the Jedi, their narrow dogmatic views. You focus on that, not the intent of the Jedi, which you and I would argue is one of your favorite things to talk about, Joseph. That that's The intent of the Jedi, their real purpose is still very strong. It's still very much needed in the galaxy. Uh, we need them there. It's just the order itself was crumbling. And uh, Yaddle, to quote Toto in their great song, hold the line. Love is always on time. Hold the line. She would have held the line with Dooku if you got to him earlier. This is absolutely our 80s time travel episode, <laughs> listening to Toto while playing Cubert. <laughs> and having a New York seltzer at a frozen yogurt shop. <laughs> exactly. Playing Miss Pac-Man at the pizza parlor. Dragon Quest. Uh, oh, Dragon Quest. Anyway, no, I, I really love what you're saying. I think um, I think the way Jacob is ans- asking the question, I kind of took it as, do you think Yaddle had any chance in that moment, in that episode? And I love what you're saying, Ken, of I think if Yaddle had understood how tortured Dooku was earlier, that she would have been able to reach out with him with that empathy. You know, she even tries in this episode, right, of saying, like, I agree that the Jedi have made mistakes. We didn't need to lose uh, Qui-Gon. Yaddle is walking away from the the council perhaps walking away from the order but not what the order stood for right it's it's a very yaddle as ahsoka uh, moment in that episode uh where she's in like yeah you're right dooku if the jedi have strayed from the path of our, our absolute mandate which is to use our power to help people use our power to hold back the darkness if the jedi have strayed from that then let's have a problem with the organization but let's not you know defy the underlying principles you know Mm -hmm. and and i think she is making that argument but i think at this point in time of that episode it is uh too late um i think that this was a a great dark uh, dark side story of the reason that it can be sometimes i think be hard to get get through to all of us is individuals when we're making bad choices is we're too invested in the way we frame the debate right mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, we can pull out and see obviously like yeah yaddle's talking about correcting the mistakes of the jedi using their power to help uh people who need it and darth sidious is is lying right that in order to make the republic better you have to break it you have to do all these awful things even dooku is seeing it right he's saying you know you shouldn't have let maul kill qui-gon you know i I've, I've betrayed everyone i've ever cared about and he's wrestling with this idea of is it worth it is the sacrifice of doing these individual acts i don't believe in worth it mm-hmm. so then you got to ask yourself well then when when yaddle offers him a way out why doesn't he take it yeah, and that's what's is where I think he's he's too far gone is that he's invested in framing the ba- the debate the way he needs to. He's lived with the idea for years now, as we see in these episodes, that the Jedi have become weak, that they are uh, puppets that support corruption. They don't use their power to make a difference, and 
it's affected his ego. He feels manipulated, used. Everything that he wants is to take action, use his power, and make a difference, right? And that's what Sidious is using him, is offering him. Use your power now in a fast, blunt, satisfying way, and it will make a difference. Uh, and I think it's really, to me, it's about about Dooku not being able to let go of the way he's framed the debate in his mind of the uh, action needs to be used. Power use needs to be used and it needs to be used now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, uh, the, well said indeed. And I guess maybe to, to be, uh, I maybe hit some answer. I think in that moment, y- Yaddle had not a shot. Yeah. Not a shot. I think it was all too late, unfortunately. Yeah. For- I, I think for me, it's also just this, uh, we've talked about with lots of the, uh, the dark side characters of they, they take a couple uh, steps down the path. They do mm-hmm. some things uh, that are, are against their, their belief system for an alleged greater good that usually Darth Sidious is whispering to him of like, <laughs> yeah. Hey, look, you just kill these two people and then everything can be set right and everything will be great. We'll have peace. Uh, it, it, we often see that of like, okay, it's too late. It's too late for me to turn back. But I think there's this really interesting moment with Dooku here of this idea that, that goes all, all through Star Wars of what is, what is strength, right? Um, it, w- it takes strength for, it would take a lot of strength for Dooku to go, all right, maybe I am being played for a fool by Sidious. Mm-hmm. Maybe I shouldn't have made these choices. That's, that's the, the great strength it would take, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. but Dooku's so invested in the idea of power strength and, and that's what Sidious whispers to him of like are you going to be weak and give up on our great path our great design yeah. and he's like no I won't I'll kill Yaddle yeah so it's this real manipulation of what is strength and I think that's that's a powerful idea of the dark side of mm-hmm. lashing out in the moment sticking to the, the path you started often feels like the most strong thing to do where I think sometimes the harder and actual stronger thing yeah. is to stop and question what you've been doing. Yeah. Yeah. Look at that speech to Vader and the end of Kenobi, right? Did I, I sense that you care about Kenobi. <laughs> you don't do you. Uh, I'm silly Vader. You wouldn't, you wouldn't steep to that kind of weakness. Yeah. Weak Vader. Weak Vader. Uh, well, we've had some fun diving deep into the soul of, of Dooku and Yaddle's chance to to get in there so we can get to our uh, the next part of Jacob's question. Uh, do you think if Dooku is like, you're right, Yaddle, uh, we, will, uh, we will fight for the ideals of the order, if not the order itself. Uh, I'll come back to the light. Uh, I'll make it right, the things I've done. If, if those two turned together against uh, Darth Sidious, would they have been able to physically defeat him? I think there's a small window where Palpatine sometimes maybe doesn't expect certain things, compassion and empathy. You're just naturally going to give in to hate, right? Oh, you didn't. Oh, and I think you have, you have a moment. You have a, you have a spot and a chance to take the shot, so to speak. Uh, so that if they, if they get there soon, Dooku turns around and, and wields a, you know, wields the saber on him. Maybe they got it, but I just, I just feel Palpatine's got that edge in this situation and he's withholding, maybe even the entire truth to Dooku of his power of his uh, X buttons and L one buttons and all his <laughs> stuff. I think there's stuff going on with Palpatine that even uh, Dooku w- would be caught off guard with. And so uh, that's why sadly, similar to uh, Maul and Savage Press, Palpatine knows how to fight a, a fight one on two here. I think, I think he uh, would at least get away. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, I think it's kind of important that one of the, arguments that uh yaddle and dooku are enmeshed in in that episode is 
is the council too cocky about the possibility of the dark side rising? And Duke mm-hmm. is like, I've been telling you forever the dark side's rising. And Yaddle's like, yeah, yeah, you might be right. Yeah. Uh, uh, what I love in their fight is Yaddle, Yaddle's bravery and strength in trying to fight back is impressive. Uh, but her actual physical abilities, she's kind of back on her heels uh, against Dooku yeah. the entire time. Like she's, uh, I take it that she's like almost overwhelmed by a kind of darkness that the Jedi mm-hmm. haven't faced in, in quite a while. Just yeah. like almost repulsed by, you know, the dark side energy waving off of Dooku. Uh, so I feel like if she was back on her heels against Dooku, <laughs> she's really going to be back on her heels against Sidious. Uh, do you think that's a fair take or am I imagining things? No, I, I, I do. I think that's that's one of the, the things that Palpatine's got going on here. It's just like, you know, it goes way beyond just my cape and my red blades because we now think he had two. Um, you know what I mean? Like, it, yeah, the true scope. It's that true once the face comes down. Uh, or the mask and, and the true face of Palpatine emerges. I think I think Yaddle would be taken aback. Sadly, sadly, because that's a lot. Of, that's a lot of what's going on. I think with Dooku, which he finally, ah, you know, you were you were right. You were right. Uh, so they can't get the full scope. Yeah, yeah. I I also just kind of feel like ultimately maybe if their entire fight strategy was one of them escape and the other holds mm-hmm. Sidious off, maybe. But if they both turn together. Like maybe they could succeed, and one of them gets away, and and mm-hmm. you know blows the Sith horn to let the Jedi know. <laughs> Sith, Sith, Sith alert! Um, but if it's just a straight fight, I think Yaddle is overwhelmed by the darkness. Insidious. Uh, it's not a thing the Jedi have been preparing themselves for, mm-hmm. uh, even though it should be one of their central tenets. Um, and I think Sidious just knows Dooku's uh, weak spots uh, emotionally and tactically way too well yeah. at this point he's been he's been studying him he's been manipulating him he he knows he's got his number yeah yeah and that, that, that's what he does right he you know he know he has a list of areas he can hurt you and he's only i think defeated when things really catch him off guard vader mm-hmm. and, and jedi ray and Exegol. no absolutely any other thoughts on this question uh, look i you know would have been a fun fight and uh you know duke is such a compelling character uh but don't forget he made a choice Yep, I wanted him to make a different choice, but sadly, he did not. Uh, We're going to move on to our next question. Thank you, Jacob, for that one. We're going to Aaron Motes. Uh, Aaron asks, if Force Center was hosting a dinner party for five or six guests, who would you invite and why? Uh, When I pulled this question, Ken, I almost texted you and said, hey, we got this question. Uh, How do we want to interpret this? Do we want to interpret it as real life? Do we want to interpret this as Star Wars characters? What do we want to do? And I decided to choose chaos. Uh, so this question's wide open. I have no idea how how you took it. Uh, how did you in, how did you interpret it? <laughs> well, it was funny. I went right to characters. I guess you could say uh, you know, you could have Star Wars guests over. So in that case, I'm you know bringing Favreau and, and his Cubanos over, and we're having a good meal. And we're starting we're starting there. We're building up. Uh, but I went I went characters. Okay, uh, characters. So yeah, did you go in the same ballpark there? Or? I, you know, for some reason, I read it as like uh, real life, uh, mm-hmm. but I made a real life list in a Star Wars characters list. So I'm very curious uh, to see uh, where you ended up. 
Uh, all right. Yeah. So character wise, um, Sly Moore apparently is who you need at your table. <laughs> Sly is just live at the party, but uh, I'm not going to not going to invite Sly to my party. So I uh, chose about six people here. Yeah. All right. So not Leia, always Leia, and and I want I want General Leia. I, I want that era Leia. Maybe a little bit after Last Jedi. A lot on her mind, mm-hmm. but I want that Leia, much like Carrie Fisher at one point was just like. F it. I'm telling you what you, you need to hear. <laughs> and I'm going to be funny while I do it. So uh, it's, and it's very hard to not mix up the two. That That's what Carrie would t- say for years, right? <laughs> we are the same. Uh, but uh, Leia, um, then I want a little bit of a, it's a dinner party. I, I, you know, I want a little class to it. I'm, I'm inviting Garza Fwip. I mm. uh, love Garza. Jennifer Beals did such a great job with that role. And she would be able to communicate all sides of the conversation, right? She's able to to go to the rarefied air, but her beginnings were probably a little bit in the dirt. And I think she'd be a great, interesting person to have, uh, just have good conversation with. And we, as we saw, she understands, she, she understands the themes of people and uh, her speech to Chrysanthemum is memorable for that reason. So she'd be good at the party. But then I need, I need a middle. I need someone who's kind of the glorious one right in the middle of the table. It, it uh, just been able to carry the conversations, be entertaining, bring some energy. So I'm going grief carga. Mm. We'll be going potatoes, oh, potatoes, all the other food items. Hate you is near the star. So he's right there. And then next to him, it's a twofer here, but I want Obi-Wan Kenobi clone wars. Mm. I feel is the, that era Kenobi's the sassiest of Kenobi's. I think he remains sassy throughout his life, but that, that one, that, that Kenobi who trades barbs with Satine, that that's, that's the guy we want at this party. And right next to him is Hondo Anaka mm. the other side. Cause they could go at each other. Hondo has a, he's could be one of those people that dominates. And I have friends like that where you're like, tonight's not the night for him. We're not inviting him to this. <laughs> be all about him. But I think it'd be fun. Cause I think grief and Hondo would cancel each other. And then the final one, it's an X factor. To add a little tension to the party, Luthen Rail in disguise. Mm. Shop owner, art collector Rail, doing the hand movements, the wig, everything. Just kind of reading the table, but having that underlying tension where he's like, oh my God, I love this food. Pass the gravy, because the gravy is all I've got in this world. Like, I want him to bring some tension. <laughs> this is so great because you've picked characters who are uh, definitely charming, definitely going to have an interesting conversation, uh, but also who have specific relationship with food and drink. Uh, Hondo's been known to poison food. <laughs> yes, yeah. The actor of Grief Karga, of course, famous for uh, y- you have yourself a stew. So is Grief Karga <laughs> just taking little bits of food so he can make a later stew for himself and all the quacking monkey lizards that apparently uh, live on his planet now. Yeah. Uh, that is great. Uh, we have some not surprising uh, overlaps mm. uh, on our list. Um, but I started the exact same place. I started with Leia. Uh, in, mm. Leia at any age would be fascinating. But uh, been around the galaxy a few times, seen some stuff. Uh, older general uh, princess uh, Jedi Leia would definitely be the one that I would want to be the yeah. kind of leader of the party. Uh, look, Almost any Star Wars questions, uh, which character? One of my answers is going to be Obi-Wan. But I agree with you. He's he's the character that we have seen enjoy sitting down, having a drink, having a chat. We love, we know that he loves uh, verbal sparring. We know that he loves to poke and prod and see what people really think. And 
we know that when he gets kind of offended, he's very clear about his own opinion, right? Uh, yeah. Great, great banter with him and Satine. Uh, he is, he's a dinner party uh, MVP as far as I'm concerned. Yes. Uh, then I wanted to shake it up a little bit and be like, who is somebody who f- you feel like would be the life of the party uh, in a really supportive way, entirely charming by themselves, but would not dominate, would be utterly charming, but make sure that there's room for everybody in the conversation. Uh, in my mind went to Mr. You're doing great, buddy. Uh, share his jacket, Poe Dan. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Right. Like his Poe's just going to bring people in. He's going to make it uh, warm and friendly. He's going to be completely honest and say what he means to. Uh, and then I thought we need even more honesty. I think we need to offset all of these uh, these sly, intelligent people. Uh, somebody who's going to be brutally direct. There are plenty of options in Star Wars, uh, but I want B two emo there <laughs> 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 to just shout uh, what what he needs and feels. Uh, and, and I want a droid perspective at this table for sure. Uh, and then then I get down to some hard choices of of who to invite because how, how many do I use one two three four I only got two slots left mm. Mm. I, I think I'm gonna have to go with some wild cards now to mm. really make it an eventful dinner uh, I want a uh, din jar in there oh wow uh, partially for the awkwardness of is this a part in his life where he's willing to even half lift his helmet to sneak a bit of food in there right. it, does he only will he only drink uh, like things from straws <laughs> yeah. but then this would be such a learning experience for him about the rest of the galaxy so that would be fun of all the things that he didn't know it's like but i was told this but i was told that is that a jedi thing <laughs> <laughs> uh the to see him uh his warming relationship with droids with b2 emo would be great uh and then i'm going to close out with the real wild card uh, uh, i would want to see this would i want to experience this i think so i don't know i'm doing it jar jar Ah, yes. Jar Jar is mm-hmm. somebody we've seen at dinner parties. There's a great Clone mm-hmm. Wars episode where he is a, trying to be a distraction uh, with pretty pretty impressive, uh, uh, you know, juggling tricks. Yes, right. That's right. <laughs> well, we've seen him uh, be allegedly rude, according to Qui-Gon's grabbing of his tongue. But it would be great to see uh, his perspective uh, right there with B2 Emo, uh, somebody who doesn't trade in uh, hyperbole and half-truth and uh, rye meaning but pretty blunt direct meaning uh it would be great to have them at the dinner table as well wonderful list you're so right too you got to have uh sometimes you can have dinner parties and there's people who take the microphone so to speak and don't give it up uh <laughs> you know even but not bad intentions uh poe i think would be the antithesis of that he'd be like hey hey partner give me that microphone this other person <laughs> talked in a while uh, i think that would work and then the droid's good too i there was i i oh i thought would L3 be a great dinner mm. party guest? Uh, on one side, yes. Uh, but L3 is always, to me, heart or processor in the right spot. But maybe one of those pe- people that just can't read the room, right? So it might get a little <laughs> aggressive. might be, be a little, you know, you'd have to pull her off a guest. Hondo would say something. Um, but I agree with you, a good droid. So B2M was a great choice. Yeah, no, I, I considered L3 as well. But it, I feel like there might be only one topic at the dinner table that night. <laughs> <laughs> understandably so and i'm gonna leave my real life answers a mystery because i think Ooh. that's that's plenty of answers it will come up again in the future i'm sure any final thoughts before you take a quick break 
Uh, no, I'm now someone's firing up that question in the bullpen. They're going to ask us directly that. <laughs> Real humans you want to eat food with. Uh, fun Star Wars question. Uh, thank you, Aaron, for the very fun question. We will be back in a moment to take questions from our patrons on Patreon. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. And we are back to answer more cues of the force. The tension is high. What 80s reference will come next on this podcast? <laughs> Who knows? Uh, we're going to a, uh, a longer question with uh, some backstory, which we 
absolutely are happy to get. We love to understand where people are coming from when they ask us these questions. So this comes to us from Italardo Fuente. Uh, Italardo says, uh, hello, Joseph and Ken Ahsoka is one of my favorite characters in Star Wars. She started as an annoying Padawan and turned into an amazing champion of the light side. That's why I struggle with her live action portrayal so far. I like the Mandalorian, but it doesn't connect with my soul like the Obi-Wan Kenobi show did. I hope season three changes that. But let's go back to Ahsoka. When I first saw her on the show, I thought, whoa, it's her. Amazing. But then she spoke. And it wasn't her. Something was missing. On the animated side, even after all her hardship, Ahsoka always had a warmth in her voice, the sound of hope, but not here. Maybe it's because of the story, but still. I think Rosario Dawson is a great actress, but so far it doesn't work for me. I know a lot of it comes from my admiration for Ashley Eckstein and her portrayal of the character in The Clone Wars, Rebels, or the audiobook from E.K. Johnston. It's not easy to fill someone else's shoes. I'm not trying to be negative. I know all too well how someone's opinion can affect you. As someone who loves the sequel trilogy, I'm not trying to hurt others with my words because I know how it feels. So I'm hoping you may offer words of wisdom on the subject. Also, how do you reconcile the fact that we can use James Earl Jones on every appearance of Darth Vader, even going so far as to save it for the future, thanks to the Ukrainian company you talked about a few weeks ago? or use de-aging technology for Luke Skywalker for The Mandalorian, but we can't do that for Ahsoka. Is it because she comes from the animated side and is not as important? I'm still looking forward to the Ahsoka TV show. I hope reading my message wasn't a chore. Thanks, Force Center, for all the joy and hope you bring us. May the Force be with you. Uh, well, I will start by saying it was not a chore uh, to read your question at all. I, I really want to thank you for uh, bringing up something that you are challenged by and bringing it up from your perspective, because I think that's what's really important. We're never against disliking something in Star Wars. It's all about the way it's expressed, uh, mm -hmm. uh, where we're coming from here on Force Center. What are your thoughts on that, Ken? Yeah, simply because I, I, I am in that ballpark, too, where Kenobi, the series, Obi-Wan Kenobi, just found my heart a lot quicker and a lot deeper than The Mandalorian, which I enjoy on a different level. And uh, that's just personal preference. It's personal experience, perspective. It's what grabs you. And that's always okay. Uh, so uh, I'm with you on that. And yeah, I think it's very important to choose your words carefully, sometimes to the point where it might seem annoying, you know, where you and I always joke about our caveats. Mm -hmm. I just think in this day and age where communication is just at, at, at everyone's fingers, fingertips and it's all a bunch of loud noises, if you're not careful, the, the I don't want, I hate what I it sometimes maybe even lose my my cool a little bit or or don't choose my words carefully. And it does come off as a little bit more uh, stringent and uh, insulting. And that's, you know, sometimes like, again, I can lose my temper. But like, yeah, I think it's important. So I, I really respect the, the framing of this, this question of it's something I'm not I'm not working with. It's not working with me, but I don't want that to step on anyone else's joy. It's very important. Yeah, yeah. And, and uh, being open to the possibility of how could this become more joyful for me? Maybe it won't. You know, maybe, maybe uh, in our discussion of this, uh, we, we don't end up uh, helping Adelardo at all, but I hope we do. And But just the fact that this question is framed as like, hey, <laughs> I'd love to enjoy this more. You know, maybe the Ahsoka TV show will be different. I think that's important, too. So yeah. no problem bringing up uh, a thing that, that you're struggling with. Uh, I think that's a part of celebrating Star Wars is uh, sometimes a celebration just flows and sometimes something bumps for you and you're looking for a way in to enjoy it. So let's get into that, Ken. Uh, there's a couple of different questions here, mm -hmm. I think, kind of 
the the differences in characterization and is there a why for that and then also just sort of the the i'll i'll use uh, this scary word the tension in star wars right now about legacy characters honestly mm-hmm. about mm-hmm. when when are, when is uh, a recasting an of course thing and when is it Ooh, we shouldn't do that um there's there's some back and forth on that right now in mm-hmm. in star wars so where do you want to start do you want to talk a little bit about the recasting or about the sort of uh the the interpretation of ahsoka in the show maybe the recasting uh okay yeah let's I, start there. I, I get it yeah i don't know yeah um the, the wonderful points here on, on on these three characters ahsoka luke skywalker darth vader uh the easiest one for me is is darth vader uh, uh, you know, character in a mask. It's uh, it's it's an iconic voice. It does not mean it has not been done wonderfully elsewhere. I always like to highlight uh, Scott Lawrence's performance of, as Vader in several spots. Uh, it's 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 and, and and you can no longer say, well, you need James Earl Jones knows how to act the performance. Now now it's a different it's a different thing. Um, it's not it's not easy. I don't want it to sell it as easy, but it makes a little bit more sense for me. The Luke Skywalker one, I don't think it's universally received well i i have i have a lot of friends who are like nope immoral <laughs> nope bereft of uh of of creativity uh it, it's holding on to the past and i have other people including mark Hamill himself tweeting out like don't say you know that picture of him in the world don't say i'm not involved don't say mm-hmm. anything there uh i think it works for me one i think um the first appearance didn't necessarily work for me in terms of appearance i i think it, it was it was a little rough and they've gone back and maybe fixed that up i think that's fair to say uh, the technology is going to grow, but it does work for me because of who Luke is at this time. I think uh, if he was a, if it was farm boy Luke, you'd have a lot, a lot more difficult time making it work. I think uh, mm-hmm. a more bouncy, or, you know, real world kind of character versus a quiet, thoughtful Luke. So I think it works on that. But all that doesn't get to the Ahsoka one. I, I just, I get it. I just think uh, taking Rosario out of it. I just think. It was, it would, I think it would have been a tough sell for me as as Ashley in that live action role. And I I can't fully explain why, because I think she's super talented and Ahsoka grew to be one of my favorite characters because of what she brought to it. And she understands the character. Uh, And I understand why it's a bit of a, a bit of a, bit of a minefield to step through. And I have, my honest answer, Joseph, I have no good answer for it. Mm -hmm. I, I just think it is what it is. And, and some of it might be very real world that we don't know the whole story of. Um, I'm not even saying that in like a bad way. Just who knows? Who knows? But this is where we're at. And I just think all three of those characters are almost different categories for me on the recastings or not. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. I think that there is a real wrestling with um, legacy characters who started in live action, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, is that all the different opinions of is that more distracting to have a uh, new actor is Luke Skywalker. There are a lot of people who wanted that, right? But yeah, mm-hmm. but Mark Hamill is directing the performance basically is what we're being told uh, mm-hmm. through the behind the scenes things. Um, obviously the up and down with uh, with different people's strong opinions about whether or not recasting a young person as young Han Solo, if that worked or not, you know? Yeah. Um, I think Vader is a, a, to me, a story of opportunity. Yeah, because going back to the public radio adaptations where uh, Brock Peters is Vader, you know, there's been a lot of Vaders, but I think there's this opportunity with this technology, mm. with the uh, thumbs up, the legal and moral thumbs up from James Earl Jones himself yeah. to continue that legacy. I think it is about opportunity, you know, mm-hmm. 
Whereas something like like Peter Mayhew, you know, uh, physically couldn't continue as Chewbacca, so sadly passed on, and so that legacy has been passed on, you know, which is not one I think that people really struggle with as mm-hmm. much, you know. So I think it's about the 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 feasibility, the practical feasibility with uh, some legacy characters. Yeah, I think for me with the Ahsoka, I totally empathize with. Ashley Eckstein's voice is so much what that character is. You know, I've been rewatching Rebels where she comes in and she's quite muted compared to the Ahsoka yeah. that, that we knew. She's she's playing everything pretty close uh, to the heart, you know, and and that but that warmth uh, that Ada Lardo is talking about is still there. Yeah. Um, so I really, really get that. I think for me, there's a couple things that I think about of there is just the honesty of outside of Star Wars. If you're asking me, uh, do voice actors have the same status uh, that uh, live screen actors do? Uh, no, just a brutal honesty. It's ugly, unfortunate. I don't entirely agree with it, but mm-hmm. in Hollywood, no, they don't have the same status. Um, the The most popular voice actor in the world can't get a project made when you're pitching a project, if you attach a popular voice actor, if you attach to a very popular live action actor that ups your chances of selling the project. So there, there is a reality there in Hollywood right now. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not saying that's what happened with, uh, Ahsoka, uh, with, uh, the upcoming rebels characters in the Ahsoka television show. I wasn't in the room. I don't know, mm-hmm. but in Hollywood, yes, they don't have as much juice. Um, so I think th- there's a thing that I'm like, that's always, a possible factor. I don't know. Um, I think another thing with the recasting of Rosario Dawson is like, I want to be sure to listen to all the voices, particularly when uh, it's something that impacts uh, people more strongly because of their life and their history. Mm -hmm. I know that there are a lot of people who feel strongly that Ahsoka has always been coded as a person of color. So wanting that representation in her live action casting. So I, I try to be, you know, uh, mindful and listen to all those debates and I don't feel like I am equipped to particularly weigh in, but I know that that is a factor for some people. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, I, I think for me, there are just so many factors in recasting her that I don't know. I can't know. I can have an opinion about this part of it. I don't have an opinion about this part of it. I don't think any of the recasting with characters is one-to-one. I don't think it should be Mm one-to-one that if we do Luke this way, we should do Vader this way. We should do Ahsoka this way. We should do Sabine this way. I don't think it should always be a one-to-one. So at the end of the day, for me, I'm just sort of like, um, I'm sorry that the recasting is hard uh, for some viewers. I'm sorry if it's hard for the voice actors, but I want to put my focus on is is this character shining in the story because the, the yeah. recasting uh, conversation is is so complex and so difficult yeah 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 no i mean yeah the animation uh live action divide is is still very strong still very strong i mean you know joseph is an animation writer yourself it, it's mm-hmm. uh, that uh the the noses that are uh, people look down over you on are plentiful yep Yep, it it does it does happen, and again, I can't say enough. I don't know if that's a factor or not. Yeah, it's a factor yeah. in Hollywood. I don't know if it was a factor in, in this decision, or if other factors were were more important. You know, um, obviously, Rosario Dawson is an established actor, uh, established live, um, you know, live screen, uh, mm-hmm. live action actor. Live action, so yeah. that, a big a big deal. So, uh, getting into then 
how Ahsoka comes off in, in these initial appearances. She's had the two live action appearances, right? Um, in the Mandalorian and then in book of Boba Fett. I feel I, I really enjoy Ahsoka and I enjoy the performance uh, of Rosario Dawson as Ahsoka. I've enjoyed Ahsoka. I agree with what Edelardo is uh, describing is that there is a lack of warmth, but for me, I'm interpreting that as where the character is in her journey, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I think in the Mandalorian episode, we're meeting her at a lower place. She is clearly still quite broken up about Anakin's fall to the dark side. Mm-hmm. She is actively hunting for Ezra, who she promised she would find. We are meeting Ahsoka in live action for the first time at a moment in her life where it seems to me that she is dealing with lost connection and maybe even still uh, reeling from lost time to exactly what, where she was during the galactic civil war, exactly what was happening to her. We still, we have lots of theories and strong opinions, but we don't have official answers to that. So uh, I think we're meeting, you know, we met an Ahsoka who is young, ready to go, (laughs) ready to work hard in clone wars. In Rebels, we met an older, more mature Ahsoka who is sad but resolute that something had to be done. Mm-hmm. And then in live action, I think we're meeting in Ahsoka who is having a hard time. <laughs> you know, she's dealing with lost time. She's dealing with lost connection. She is trying to get her feet back under her. And I feel like that is a part of what the performance is. And of course, it's different from the Ahsoka we've known because it's Ahsoka at a different point in her life. How do you feel about that? I I almost could do a, a, a sincere and joking four center well said. That's exactly where I put down in my notes of even at the end of Rebels, I, I absolutely think there's a little war of that. Ashley absolutely has that in there, but she's a little bit more sober to the realities of what's going on. And by the way, she already dealt with the, the Jedi Order expulsion slash leaving slash, hey, it was just a test. Sorry, Ahsoka. <laughs> hey, they are bad. She's, her heart is heavy. And I think uh, putting her a few years into the future from the end of rebels. And then again, where the, you know, the, the post credits, so, so to speak on rebels, what time that shows that what time that is, we'll, we'll maybe learn here soon. But I, I do think there's a sadness and I do think uh, you're right. She's still resolute in what she's got to do, but there's a little bit of uh personal pain seeping through and some of that stuff she's saying to Din. And I, that, that I actually enjoyed that. I actually like seeing a little bit of, uh, of that hurt to see where we're going to go with this character. A little bit of anger too. A little bit mm-hmm. of, uh, you know, even some of the stuff she says to to Vader. I, I, I ain't a Jedi, so I'm here to avenge Anakin. Like, uh, I, I do love the little wrinkles in that character because it just makes sense for someone who grew up uh, from that snippy little Jedi to where we are now. Because I think it already starts to change by Book of Boba Fett. A yeah. little more of that smile. A little bit more of that smile there. A little bit more of uh, conversations with Luke. Uh, a, a story we want to hear. Maybe we'll get that too. So, yeah, I think it's great. Great purpose. Yeah, and I really agree that she has a different vibe in Book of Boba Fett. I'm so curious to see how the Ahsoka television show uh, reckons with her timeline and kind of puts these things on the map of her lived experience because she does seem more balanced in uh, Book of Boba Fett to me, and she does seem a little bit more kind of her her old self of mm-hmm. like, compassionate and little testing you know there's a little bit more you know uh, mirthful uh but just a lot more centered uh and I, I think we can really draw a line that she seems torn up about anakin with a direct line of i've seen what you know mm-hmm. bad attachment issues can do to even the greatest jedi mm-hmm. uh 
And then she's, you know, much more hands off. Like clearly she's met Luke. They must have had a chat. She has this. So like your father yeah. comment. She's still like the like, yeah, I think attachments are real concern. And but Luke's the teacher. I'm not teaching him. Let Luke figure it out. It's she's it seems like to be in a much better place. But uh, mm-hmm. we'll see how that all all tracks. Uh, kind of final big thing for me in evaluating the jump from the animated Ahsoka we know so well to the live action Ahsoka. I think one of the the things that might bump for people is uh, contrary to some of the criticisms that are out there, in my opinion, her two appearances aren't really about her. She's mm-hmm. there to serve other people's stories. You know, yeah. we're hearing, hearing and seeing bits of what's going on with Ahsoka because they're the bits that are important to what is going on with uh, Din and Grogu's decisions. Mm-hmm. Um, and Luke's even up to a point in Book of Boba Fett. I don't, yeah. there, there's the criticism that, that Mandalorian season two fell off the rails because it became about other characters. And I think we meet a lot of other characters and we maybe learn their perspective a little bit, but they're all there functionally to serve Din and Grogu's journey in Boba Fett's journey. Uh, in my opinion, people can disagree, but I think that means we kind of haven't like just really sunk in and said, who is Ahsoka? What did she experience? What is she reacting to? How does she heal? How does she make her choices? we're just seeing like the tiniest tip of the iceberg of what's going on with Ahsoka in these two episodes. And I wonder if we'll feel the connection to Clone Wars Ahsoka and Rebels Ahsoka more once Ahsoka is the focus of the Ahsoka show. This is a great point. Cause at no point does Din look over at her and go, uh, you seem kind of down. Why? <laughs> <laughs> so I think we're going to get that. Yeah. I understand your nickname used to be snips. What happened to snips? <laughs> Nobody says that to her. Yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah. That's true. Uh, any other uh, Ahsoka thoughts? I don't, look. I don't know to anyone out there listening. This is not uh, Adelardo is not on an island here. I think the the uh, change in, in Ahsoka was a big one for a lot of people because of what the characters meant to so many. Remember, this is a character that goes back to two thousand eight. Mm. That's been around a while, Ahsoka. And I, I think uh, without a doubt, there were some powerful connections, and it was uh, it was a gear shift also because I think the perception was the Clone Wars team was super close. And I'm not saying, by the way, that Filoni isn't still close with him. He's clearly used Ashley in the, in the, as the Jedi. But I think there's a little bit of broken heart factor. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it felt like, what's going on? Someone didn't get invited to the family dinner. And, and I think that hurt too. I think that's just a reality. Yeah. Nope. And I think it is. Uh, I try to remember that sometimes it's just okay to be sad about things and then <laughs> move on. Yes. And there's a part of me is like, yep, I, I, I wish Ashley Eckstein got to always be Ahsoka. But at the same mm-hmm. time, there's all sorts of other factors in it. There's things that uh, I'll never know. There are uh, valid points on many sides. So I, I try to embrace. And then I get really excited about these questions of like, well, who is she? Where is a character? Where is she at? And do we get to, to, to learn more and, and look to the future of Ahsoka with great hope? I'm very excited for the Ahsoka yeah. show. Love it. All right. Thank you uh, for the question. We are going to move on to our final question from Brian Babcock. Uh, Brian says, hello, Joseph and Ken. While we all know that the versions of the original trilogy we watch on streaming or disc are the special editions, I'm curious if you remember that the version of The Phantom Menace released on home media since the first DVD release is technically a special edition as well. Obviously, the most recent change was replacing Puppet Yoda. However, several other scenes were added that weren't in the theatrical edition. 
I won't list all of them, uh, but for example, when Anakin's cockpit of the pod racer comes loose and starts spinning around, as well as several more racers getting introduced during the opening ceremonies of the race, I recall that nobody seemed to really notice or discuss this when it happened, so I wonder if you recall your reactions to seeing the new scenes. This is really fun. Uh, I think it's very great of Brian to not list all the changes, but I, I couldn't live with that. So I looked it up on Wikipedia, Ken. <laughs> okay. Again, to clarify, so this is changes from theatrical version to the first VHS DVD release, or first VHS release, I guess, which is what I have, and the DVD. No, I think the VHS, I couldn't find any record. I could be wrong, okay. but I couldn't find any record of changes to the VHS. What I found is a ton of the stuff that uh, Brian is talking about in the DVD. So yeah. the, the VHS comes out in 2000. The DVD comes out in 2001. And on the Phantom Menace DVD, here's what Wikipedia has to say. Gotcha. So that 2001 DVD, uh, several introductions of other racers are included. Footage of the second lap in the pod race was reinserted. Removal of a scene of Watto screaming, Sebulba. <laughs> An air taxi sequence was reinserted after the arrival on Coruscant. And that's, they think, Jar Jar and Anakin getting in the, mm -hmm. the air car. Uh, and then the Blu-ray release in 2011, 10 years in the future from the DVD, uh, there's a bunch of stuff, uh, some technical stuff about the amount of 8% uh, more picture was returned to the frame. Uh, the mm -hmm. the four-speed effect of Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan was enhanced. There's a close-up shot of Newt Gunray and uh, Rune Heiko watching a view screen showing the Jedi escaping was replaced for a wide shot with a new effect. Uh, the puppet version of Yoda was replaced mm -hmm. with a CGI version, which was, you know, obviously the the mm -hmm. big one. And effects error causing Fode and Bede's hand to pass through their vest was fixed. <laughs> <laughs> uh, right after Job the Hutt's introduction before the pod race, a new voice is heard from a spectator uh, when the camera is focused on the crowd. Okay. <laughs> mm -hmm. Calls from the Senate to vote now when Queen Amidala puts forward a motion of no confidence have been replaced with the sound of a general uproar. <laughs> so right. basically okay. the DVD has some, you know, pretty significant additions. And then the Blu-ray has a uh, CGI Yoda in, in some very little small tweaks throughout. So yeah, that's what we're talking about uh, historically to the best of my research. Now let's get back to Brian's question. Did you, were you aware of these changes? Were you excited in 2001? What was going on? I definitely wasn't aware of them in 2001. Uh, I, it's, I had a reaction when you mentioned that, that uh, Wado yelling Sebulba. I remember that. And yeah, that's not something that uh, I've lived with for the last 20 plus years. I do remember him saying that. Yeah. Crazy. Does it, does it make you want to get out uh, a VHS player and put in your old Phantom Menace VHS? I, I, and see I if have you can... it. Yeah, I have it. I think it's in storage. I don't, I don't even know where it is uh, because I had the um, the CD-ROMs that came with it. Mm. I carried that around in a book bag to like when I was producing the Schmoes, it was always in my book bag. So I was like, I never know when we need these. Uh, <laughs> and that's from the VHS, I believe. So I, I got it. I got to give that up. I have the, I have the first DVDs so the puppet changes. In fact, it wasn't until we did the four center watch along that remember, remember I was like, Oh, that's right. I've never seen the redone Yoda. <laughs> never mm -hmm. seen it. I've only watched the 2001 DVD. Um, yeah. I, I wasn't aware of them. Uh, some of them I'm learning about now, uh, even the, um, cause I know that the deleted scene of the extended pod race introduction is there, but mm -hmm. I didn't know that even in the first release it was, it was that there was more, 
than the movie. So yeah, so I don't know. Yeah, I don't. And Brian, I don't know. I just it could be a different era where we didn't track this stuff as much. I think it was because of stuff like this that people started going, "Hey, oh, then there's this thing, new thing, YouTube. I can do a video about these changes." Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think we paid attention until that era. Yeah, yeah. I think for me, my my journey is there was even with the a largely negative reaction from my uh, friend group to the Phantom Menace. Uh, when the VHS came out in 2000, mm-hmm. I hosted a party and a bunch of us came and still watched it. See, there was still see. that excitement. I think you and I had that same widescreen box collection that came with a book and a strip of film, right? Yep. Yep. That's the one. Is a, It was a big deal. Uh, I think the, the mood had soured among my, you know, Gen X age of friend group by 2001. So I'm sure I watched the DVD alone <laughs> in my room, you know, where 2000 was still a party. And by 2001, people were like, yeah, no, we, we saw it in the theater. We had a VHS party with you last year. You, you go watch that DVD by yourself. <laughs> the lightsaber weirdo. Go for it. Um, so I think that was probably my path. I was actively reading like, the starwars.com and i was a hyperspace member at that time to my recollection so this is one of those great like i bet i knew that then but i don't remember knowing it uh mm-hmm. it's just been too much time because i'm sure it was discussed i'm sure it was mentioned in my memory if somebody had said true or false you know additional scenes were added to the pod race i would have said no it's always been the same um because i i probably knew it then but i just didn't remember mm-hmm. yeah yeah this is, yeah, it's fascinating. I'm going to go look this up uh, in a little bit more detail. I, I took a swing through some of it, but it's like, yeah, in my, when I saw this question come up, I was like, yeah, 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 I knew Yoda switched, but that, <laughs> it's. Yeah, I was excited about the, the Yoda switch. You yeah. know, in, in some of the one, some of the changes in Attack the Clones, I've always remembered. Because uh, hmm. I remember wanting to be sure to see a, because as the movie was coming out, the. Um, the shot of Anakin's mechanical hand taking Padme's hand at the marriage was only in a, a specific, if you're seeing the theater in a venue where they were able to update it. Right. Yes, that's right. So I remember being aware of that and excited about that. Um, and I was looking at some of the other changes and this answered a weird emotional question I've had is, uh, you know, as much as I love Attack the Clones, it's up there for me in, in personal favorite uh, Star Wars films. I've been celebrating it all year for its 20th anniversary. I do think there are some moments that are, you know, uh, that sh- that are a little awkward that show mm-hmm. at that time Lucas's lack of interest in digging a little deeper with the actors mm-hmm. or the actor's frustration or however it happened. I think there are definitely some some acting moments that, you know, are a little bit more uh, kind of old school wooden. Yeah. Um, and I say that again as somebody who absolutely loves the film. And I always remember saying like, yeah, that that moment where Padme ha- has fallen from the gunship and the clone gets her and she gets up. It's so awkward. Right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then I, and then I've been rewatching it. And it's like, why did I find that moment so awkward? It's really not that awkward. Uh, and in the, uh, the original film, there's a totally different beat there. Yes. Where she says, yes, the, the clone trooper asks if she's okay. And she says, yes. yes and gets up real quick. Yes. Yes. I'm saying yes to the yes. You're so <laughs> Right. So I've been having one of those weird memories where like, did I just respond to this beat entirely differently? No, it was actually a different it's beat. A different beat. Man, Sabalba. Yeah, wow. That's uh <laughs> I have a vague memory of Watto screaming Sabalba. Yeah, you just tri- you open up that because I I you know, look, I know some so there's some an angle to 
Watto that uh, is sometimes uh, discussed as problematic, which I get. So I'm not here to mock that or make fun. I just, I've always enjoyed his, well, he's some good of a job. He's just, I just, I don't know. Yeah, I, Watto tickles me. Maybe he shouldn't. And I just, I do remember saying that in conversations with friends at, at Chili's. Sebulba. <laughs> and it's been erased from my mind. Yeah. My me cousin, too. Man, damn it. This is a really fun examination of how long these changes have been going on. The kind of classic mm-hmm. Lucas futzing with some things, but not futzing uh, with others. And, yeah. and, you know, if he still owned Lucasfilm, would he be futzing till the end of the time? Would would the 4K, you know, release of oh, yeah. Star Wars have a, a different version of the infamous Han Greedo McClunky scene? Who knows? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so there's that aspect of it. There's also just for me this great sort of time travel of, like I said, I was probably reading the hyperspace Mm-hmm. It was probably reading the starwars.com website and I probably knew, ooh, DVD's got more pod rays. Uh, but because I didn't have friends who were super invested in discussing it with me, I certainly didn't have a podcast, then I experienced it differently. So yeah. the way we experience the media sometimes changes the media uh, itself. The story mm-hmm. is a fascinating thing to me. And then the, the other thing that I always want to be really open to is memory plays tricks on you, you know? Mm-hmm. It, always, but as you get older, for sure. I think I've told you before about, um, mm. did a rewatch with my wife of uh, Star Wars Deep Space Nine, and there's a specific episode uh, with an actor from Twin Peaks that I was, uh, I enjoyed the episode on Deep Space Nine, and I was rewatching the episode with my wife, and I was like, I can't wait until we get to this scene. Mm. And then the scene that existed in my mind is absolutely not in the show. The character describes the scene. But I would have swore on a stack of graves and holy books mm-hmm. that the scene was in the movie or was in the television show acted out. But it was just described by an actor. And that was just one of those real wake-up calls to me of like, memory is, 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 is tricky. Things that we are absolutely certain of are not necessarily accurate. Look, I, I always, I, I, this comes up every now and then. I, I, I usually go to two things. In, in a 17 year public safety career, I'd never had one witness get anything 100% right. Never, never, <laughs> never. What was grandma wearing? Green dress and her hair is black. And then you'd find her in a blue pantsuit with gray hair, like all the time. It, it, it just, it never failed. Um, and I always say, like, I, I was, dead certain x-wings hit that for that shield generator or, or hit the shield of the second death star in return of the jedi and me and my friend and every time i bring this up on the show joseph some will tweet me out i thought that too wow uh, so some, it got in somewhere somehow 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 i don't know the novelization i don't know what or, or maybe with the just the implied fear of that shield you know and pull up you know that's why and i so loved in rogue one I was like, finally, I got to see an X-Wing hit a shield for real. Like, I finally got to see it. Didn't want, poor guy, but I finally got to see it because I grew up thinking I was I was convinced of that. Convinced and then probably convinced myself that, uh, you know, George took that out. Uh, you know, it, you can watch so many different versions of the Lord of the Rings films. And sometimes it's either like, I've never seen that before. And you're right. Or you, you just, you just maybe you don't remember it. And, and you're just convinced that, that Jackson released a different version, which is possible. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's possible. So I love yep. it. We just track it more. We just track it more. Yeah. So, but now the uh, this, the water screaming Sebulba has been awakened in me. And I think I'm going to be uh, finding some time to, to Google that. I just, I need to see water scream Sebulba. Did you feel it? Sebulba. Yeah. <laughs> Any uh, final thoughts on this one? No, great, Brian. I love this. I love this. Uh, I always say it's shared, unique uh, journeys. We all have our own journeys, but it's a shared story. It's loving Star Wars. And this is part of it. 
Yeah, yeah. And as always, we love hearing uh, from fans who uh, were a different age than us, who had a different experience. And I, I wonder if for, you know, uh, some of the people who grew up with the prequels and, and weren't around a bunch of grumpy uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> friends like, uh, frankly, Ken and I were, um, if, if there was excitement for everybody, everybody knew, everybody's talking about it at school, that the Phantom Menace DVD has a longer pod race and that's exciting <laughs> and common knowledge and an of course thing. It might be for people of another generation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. Great questions, everyone. Uh, we have a power of the light side entry. This is a request that we make of our patrons on Patreon to just send in something that they love about Star Wars to celebrate. And if you're a patron, uh, that post is still up. Feel free to add something if you'd like. Uh, this one comes to us from a listener and patron, Mark Canope, uh, who we look forward to getting lessons in name pronunciation from in person in at part. Star Wars Celebration. Yeah, it'd be great. Uh, Here we go. Mark says, My Power of the Light Side is about me being a relatively new fan. I'm here since The Force Awakens, and from that first moment, I have felt welcome. And while there are gatekeepers in this fandom, I have found other fans that have become online friends. I even got the chance to go to the Dutch premiere of The Last Jedi with one of them, one of my absolute favorite fandom experiences. And of course, the force center community. I'm so glad I found the podcast and getting to know other listeners in the discord server. I can't wait to hang out with a lot of them at celebration next year. Sometimes I wish I had been a fan since childhood, but I also think it's a great thing that star Wars can find you anytime. And I'm so glad star Wars also found me eventually. That is absolutely great. Mark, uh, any thoughts, Ken? I love Mark. I really do. I can't wait to give him a big hug in person at Star Wars Celebration London uh, because he's such a positive presence in our Discord. I look to him as being uh, someone who can sometimes get them, but we don't have a lot of fights in our Discord, but, you know, sometimes tensions arise. Uh, There's a lot to talk about in Star Wars, a lot to take in, and Mark's one of the ones always in the center going, hey, hey, everybody. We love this stuff, don't we? <laughs> and I, I just really value him. And 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 it, and Marcus, uh, from my mind here, is um, kind of a, a, a poster person for this new generation of Star Wars fans. It wasn't just seven year olds in 2015 or ten year olds or fifteen year olds. Mark was a little older uh, and uh, was like, "I'm going to try out this Star Wars thing." <laughs> I've probably <laughs> heard about it in lore, but here it is in theaters, and I'm always proud of what we do at Force Center for all the many things we do, but one of the things I, I'm most proud that uh, Joseph, uh, we do with Jennifer is to protect entry points and celebrate different entry points into Star Wars. So, um, love that. You, whenever you get on the train, is your time to get on the train, the space train. And uh, we're, we're like range troopers. We're going to try to protect you. Oh, wait, that didn't work out that good. But uh, <laughs> No, I totally, totally agree with you. Uh, Mark has always been such a, a positive presence uh, in the Discord and on our social media. And, you know, I, I so enjoy being able to say this was my experience or our experience, Ken, because we're the similar age, and and want to know other people's experiences and just be honest about, hey, this is how it affects you if you are always knew Luke and Leia. <laughs> we're siblings, right? This is how it affects you if you had, you know, if this is if the rebels was the first thing you you yeah. jumped into, you know? Yeah. It it all changes how we uh experience Star Wars and all those different perspectives are valuable and interesting. I think they're valuable and interesting for any uh, storytelling. But in particular for me, for Star Wars, a story that is about nostalgia up to a certain point. Um, and a story that is about generational 
change up to a point. It's really great to have different perspectives, different generations. And Mark has always been one of those really great perspectives where I have sometimes wondered, well, how would this land if Force Center was, or uh, Force Center, if Force Awakens was my entry point mm-hmm. and to, you know, have people to know that we, were, we we have people in our community that that was their entry point is just great to me. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you so much, Mark. Thank you to everyone who's been sending in uh, Power of the Light Side submissions. Keep them coming if you want. And thank you to everyone who asked some great questions. Ken, that is it. Where can people find us? You can find us on Twitter at Force Center Pod, on Hive Social at Force Center, or on Instagram and YouTube as well. So we set up top. Hey, we'd appreciate you uh, getting over to YouTube and uh, hitting that subscribe button if you so uh, like, uh, if you so want, uh, because we got more things coming over there very soon, very soon. Podcasts available on ACAST, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, and more. Oh, hey, don't forget we're on Facebook too, Force Center Podcast. Merch available at tpublic.com slash user slash Force Center. And you can support us directly at patreon.com slash force center as well. Get into that discord where Mark will say, welcome, welcome. Here's your blue milk. Sit down. We're going to have a good time. Uh, you can follow me at catnapsock across all social media platforms and uh, at my website, catnapsock.com. Get information, buy my book, uh, do all those kind of wonderful things over there. If you want more of me, Joseph, if they want more of you, where can they go? Yeah, you can find me on social media. At Joseph Scrimshaw is my handle pretty much everywhere. I'm really enjoying Hive Social, so if you're there or want to try it out, it is really reminding me of uh, early days of Twitter, where it is people exchanging jokes, exchanging the art that they love. Uh, and in a, right now, for me, what I'm experiencing, uh, a mood of fun and celebration in exchange. So if you're interested in giving that a try and seeing how long it stays that way, uh, check out Hive. I am still on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok as well, at Joseph Scrimshaw, so you can find me there as well. And you can check out my YouTube channel. Uh, just search for Joseph Scrimshaw. More comedy, more short films coming very soon. But for now, that is it for myself, for Ken, for Watto screaming, Sabalba! This has been Cues of the Force. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. The secret to summer ready skin is here. Osea's number one best selling Andaria algae body oil, clinically proven to instantly improve skin elasticity and transform dry skin to silky, soft, and unbelievably glowing. Its signature scent of freshly squeezed grapefruit, cypress, and mango mandarin transports you to sun kissed summer days. Get healthy, glowing skin for summer with clean vegan skincare from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site wide with code GLOW at oseamalibu.com.